Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Overcrest Media presents Keys to the City, where we'll be joined by the great Joseph McGuire in just a brief moment. We're talking NBA. The NBA is starting to spice things up. You got the Suns, 4-0. The Blazers, where did they, where are these teams coming from? Look at it, making a fight for the final eighth and final spot in the NBA playoffs. The Lakers, we're going to talk about. Could this be, realistically, I know LeBron has had a lot of obstacles, a lot of tough teams to bring to finals. Is this one of these teams right now with the Lakers? We'll talk about that because the Lakers look like they're struggling. I said to you last night, we watched I'm a Laker and, fan. and the Clippers. Looking at Anthony Davis with the Lakers last night, was watching the, like, the New Orleans Pelicans for the past eight years when he was in New Orleans. Did they, did they lose? They did. They lost again. They were struggling. I don't know if they made the over-under either, but that's the thing. Let's start off with baseball. And in fact, Joseph Aguirre wants to chime in and come on. There he is. Oh, look at that. Look at, look at beautiful Yankee State. Well, that's how it the looks right now. There. That's how the games are right now, Joe. That's how the games are played. But let's start off with the Yankees right now. They lose the series to the Phillies. Okay, I get that. That's understandable. But the biggest thing and the takeaway that I've seen in the past two weeks, we are on now week two of baseball. And in Maybe a week ago we thought, was there going to be baseball? Right now it looks like the plan going forward is that they are going to continue unless it starts to get bad once again. And the Miami Marlins are back. I'll tell you an interesting fact about them in a couple minutes, Joe, actually. So you look at this team. Garrett Cole has been Garrett Cole as expected. Now the problem is, and this is where the Herman absence and Sevy not playing hurts because right now the New York Yankees and Joe, if you want to bring up that uh, quick little stat of the New York Yankees pitching staff right now, other than Garrett Cole, it's been, well, it hasn't been Garrett Cole. It hasn't been lights out. That is James Paxton, Jay Hap. Tanaka is still coming back from the injury. We're not, I'm not worried about Tanaka. I'm not worried about Tanaka. My biggest thing, Joe, is seeing Paxton and Hap, especially Hap. Hap, Hap has been an atrocity. Paxton, I'm going to give him a break for a brief moment because he's coming back. He's coming back from his injury, the back injury. Joe, it's got to be concerning because this team looks good. This team looks like it's there. They're going to compete for a championship. But I don't think Hap would have made this roster or have even been on the Yankees team if yeah, we had – if, if Herman wasn't suspended yep. and Severino didn't have the elbow. Yeah, yeah, so, being out. you know, you take that into equation. It is what it is. He hasn't looked good. I sent you guys the picture the other day. Haps two last two outings, four innings against Baltimore, four hits, four runs, two walks, two strikeouts, two home runs allowed. Then Philly the other night, three innings pitched, three hits, four runs, six walks, six walks, See, and and one home run that Harper hit. You know, yeah, but only one home run. <laughs> yeah, same amount as your boy Gary Sanchez. Well, if you also didn't walk the guy up previously, it would have been a solo home run. Here's, here's my home thing, run. Joe. I know we've only been in two in in two weeks, but remember this is a sixty game schedule. The Yankees are every off game to a, is meaningful. Every game is meaningful. The Yankees are off to a nice start. Like maybe we were be- better than we expected coming into no. the year. nine and three. We, we that's a, had a, high that's a good start because the Yankees have started off in the past years slow. So they started off hot, but right now, Joe, I'll give you. I'll ask you a scale one to ten. Are the Yankees should they be looking at pitching? Are you concerned about Happ and Paxton, or are you still? It's early, or 
how do you feel about this whole situation with the Yankees pitching staff? Because the bullpen right. has had to be very, has been extremely. But that's valuable okay in a, in a in a sixty game. Luckily, season. we have the best bullpen in baseball. Though. Oh yeah, uh, Paxton's got a thirteen fifty half a ten twenty nine. Even Montgomery with a five five nine. I mean, I, I think these guys will be all right. I really do. I think you know. I don't know. We're going to talk about, you know, guys who are struggling, particularly the Yankees catcher uh, and their shortstop. There's guys struggling all around the league. I think spring training 2.0 was insufficient. I think that a lot of these guys just aren't quite ready. I mean, again, and I've talked about him a few times, but Ronald Acuna Jr. uh, still looks god awful. He still has a really slow bat. Gary's got a slow bat, although I know uh, Teddy's got a little more information on that. That's maybe a little bit more hopeful. But yeah, look, the, the Yankees. No, yeah, I mean, I'll back up Joe's point. Our boy, I mean, again, you're right. I mean, if Herman and Severino are on this team, there's a good chance half would have been long gone uh, at 17 million a year. The thing that I thought was curious the other day was the six walks. I mean, that's just not half kind of stuff. In three innings, that's concerning, Joe. Sure, yeah. I mean, again, look, you know, sometimes you don't have your best stuff. I I think that Jay Happ will more often than not pitch well. I think James Paxton, when he gets the velocity figured out and he gets it up, I think he'll be fine. I think Jordan Montgomery. That's a big deal for Paxton because it is a contract year. And he's looking to get paid. So if he struggles, are the Yankees just going to let him walk? Now, that's a big question going forward. Now, Joe, Trevor's saying – are you worried? I said, I am right now, but at the end of the day, if we can get to the playoffs, all you need is three starters. Because right. you you because then you can bullpen it. So all you, you, all you, you need is with all you need is and, and Paxton. And and that's a good three. If you're gonna get a the, with an opener you, on the side, what you expect now, you don't need an opener. Chad Green has been you can go three deep. The Yankees last World Series, they went three pitchers. It was AJ Burnett, uh CC Zabathia, and, and Pettit, Pettit and Pettit, Pettit. right? Yeah. And and that's how they worked it with the bullpen mixing and matching. And, it, and that's fine. Yep. You only need three three guys that can really give you a solid time because then you could come back with Cole on a short day rest or whatever, or if you want to use the opener or whatever. Well, is it concerning because it's a shorter season and the Yankees? I know they play; they've been playing well offensively. They've been they've been certain players that have been hitting the crap out of the ball. Still, some stars that have, need to wake up. Mike Ford well, screwed us the other night. Eh, it happens. Whatever. Three one yeah. count. And Paul O'Neill even said it right before the pitch. Usually in this account, you'd be swinging away, but you. You got to take the pitch and strike, is, is and that- he swings at a pitch five inches inside. Then the next pitch is a slider five inches inside. He swings again because he's trying to hit the home run because you could see where he put the ball almost. My thing is, if- and then what does he do? He watches a fastball hit the inside corner and, and complains. Do you think the Yankees are looking for pitching currently right now? I was I was going to ask him. Do you think they do they give Debbie Garcia a chance? Or, or is it, yeah, or is it not I, I think. It? Listen, I think you're more likely to see one of the young guns come up and get a shot in the rotation before you're going to go out. I, I think it's still too. Who are you going to get? You know, you, who, you who's know, already, you don't know what you're like gonna a get. like a Robbie Ray, maybe a Matt Boyd. I mean, just look is Arizona. Right, nobody two weeks in is looking to unload a starter, even a guy in a walk year. I mean, you're not giving up two weeks in. You're, the fans would go at well, not that they would do it in the stadium, but they would do it ballistically <laughs> from home. So no, I mean, I think the Yankees have enough depth in their. I mean, look, not for nothing. You guys talked about that bullpen. Uh, Britton Green out of Vino, 17 scoreless innings. Uh, Chad Green's basically thrown a no hitter. Uh, if you look and, at lo- it, and, right, and losing Tommy K as well, and losing Kaylee Hurts. Uh, no, I'm sorry, he's allowed one hit, so he's basically pitched a one hitter this season and no uh, Chapman. 
Correct. Yeah, well, yeah, you'll get Chapman back, so that'll be a nice boost to the bullpen. I think there's a chance you could see Chad Green start to become more of a starter on this team, especially if you got guys like Nelson, if King, if some of these guys can show that they can get outs, important outs, mm-hmm. I think that you could very well see Chad Green actually start to make two and three inning uh, starts rather than just do the opener bet. Because, look, he's got the stuff. He knows how to pitch. I think that guy making three three in, inning starts would be fantastic uh, because I don't think he would probably face more than 11 batters in any outing. So you got to like your chances there. But the Yankees have options. I don't think it's time to hit the button that, yet. Plus, that 9-3 and three record would say it's going all right so far. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm that's happy. The, that's the crazy thing and we're that's complaining about. We're, we're complaining I'm not complaining. About. It's just, it's, you it's, are complaining. It's that, you no, are that's complaining. not complaining. That's an intent. That's, that's something that is grabbing my attention right now. Seeing it's nerve wracking because all we've ever said the past, I'm not worried about the Yankees. I've said that from the beginning. I'm not worried about the Yankees. But the record show doesn't show I know how that, you're feeling. No, about. Ted, all I'm trying to say is that the pitching other than Garrett Cole, the I'm, stat just proved it. That it's concerning. I'm not Joe, worried you think you about can get away with it. It's concerning. Games? You think yes. you can get away with it because of this and and the way our lineup can produce runs at a at a rapid pace, unlike maybe the un, unlike maybe the Dodgers, who are the only team that I can think of that can really produce runs like the Yankees can, even though the Padres are leading that division. But which is uh, which is not a shocker to me. Padres are because I think Joe picked them. Yeah, look, Joe, I think if, I think if Hap and Montgomery can be 500 pitchers and Paxton can get better, Tanaka comes back and pitches like you expect him to do, I think this team would be fine in 60 games. DeGrom is lights out. Cy Young, baby, three straight, here it comes. Joe, you said something about stars struggling to hit right now. Well, there's a Yankee right now that is, well, to me, I think the most valuable New York Yankee. And I know people are going to get it twisted. Oh, and I talked to you about this last night. I talked to you about this last night. DJ LeMahieu. Oh, he's been the most valuable. He might not be the best player because we all know that 99 is still on that team. He's healthy. He's playing. What I'm trying to say is he might be the most valuable player for the New York Yankees. He's the best leadoff hitter in baseball. I mean, you can you can debate me on that if you want. Try to find somebody else. He's the best leadoff hitter since he's come into the Yankees. He's been unbelievable. We've we've always complained the past couple of years because when Guardy was leading off, we always had leadoff hitting issues. Never could get this guy gets on base consistently. He's been our most clutch player. He's been our most reliable player the past two seasons. Joe, do you think the, that am I wrong with saying DJ LeMay who is the most valuable player? Not best. It's different. I I differ between the two. I know Aaron Judge is the best player on the Yankees. DJ LeMay is the most valuable Yankee because he's the leadoff. He gets everything going. And when he's always on base, he's been consistent since being wearing the pinstripes, I should say. I mean, well, do you think I'm wrong about that? No, no. I mean, I think when you finish fourth in the league MVP voting, I think you prove that you're definitely uh, one of the top guys, uh, you know, value-wise in the entire league. I think everybody, I think yeah. everybody's on that page. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I laughed. There was a few people last year who were like, I knew he was going to be that good. Yeah, no, nobody did. no nobody you did. didn't. No. Uh, you knew he was, was a good hitter, though. He did win a batting title in Colorado, so you knew. But everybody you, always said that it was the Rockies thing. Oh, playing a well, court. Well, sure, and look, he was, he, well, also he, was he was coming off a 256 season the year yeah. he signed with the Yankees. Maybe so. it wasn't healthy. 
Maybe it wasn't Could healthy. He worked healthy. All he does is hit. The other night when he they lost, he was three for three. Last night he came in with a pitch hit, hit and, he, and he got a base hit. I mean, all he does is smack. And I think – and base. I'm not trying to cut Joe off, but, and he can just jump in after this. But I think he's such a tone center for that Yankee lineup because yeah. when your wheel guy gets on, yeah. it puts so much pressure because now you can't just walk judge. It's not at a free base at first base now. DJ's on first, and, and you got judge, the second – the best number two hitter in the game – and one of the best players overall in the game, and it just sets the the, the tone yeah. for the rest of that lineup, and and especially with that bat on that lineup where you have Gardner and Geo at eight and nine right there, it's like having another leadoff, and then he comes in, and you know if you got a guy on base, he's gonna move the runner over, he's gonna do everything possible. I mean, he's been he's been unbelievable. I've he he should have been higher in the MVP last year. I thought fourth was kind of a slap in the face because he was he's a New York Yankee, and we know how. People veer in New York Yankees. Well, I think it's, because it's, the surrounding team, it's almost like because you he have was all the most good players player team. for that team. He came in clutch when the Yankees needed him last year. Other than the, I mean, he was the. I saw last night four sixteen. He's currently right now at four twenty nine batting average with a four forty two OBP as well. So he gets on base, and also, by the way, that same guy that we're talking about right now, oh, he also had something called COVID nineteen, and he's doing pretty well for himself. So, and he didn't have spring training, and Michael K said it best. All he does is hit. He really does. He's been amazing. I And you asked me last night, is he a $100 million man? Without question. If the New York Yankees do not sign him, shame on them because he has been so reliable, he's been clutch, and he's been consistent. I feel like and that's he's big also, money, so that's why I said – We're not even talking about just the batting. He's been a great fielder for the Yankees. And he could play shortstop where Glaber has sure. it. He could play short. He could play second. He could play everywhere. He's a utility guy, and that's what makes him so special. And Glaber has struggled at short this season, but you you can use him. I know he's been amazing at the bat, but just as well in the in the field. How can you let a guy like that go? I'm paying him a hundred million dollars. I'll pay him 120. He's worth it. He's that damn good. But you're not going to give him more than four years because he's older. You have to understand. Yeah, look, okay, I, 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 I think reasonable three years, 54 million. Uh, roughly eighteen million a year. I think that would get it done. Maybe you can throw an option year in for like twenty million, and, and if you want to keep that fourth year option, you know, then then you activate it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look, you know, look, you guys make great points. Not only is he an amazing leadoff hitter, obviously, yeah. you know, there was a reason they got Judge hitting second. He flirted with the idea of Judge hitting leadoff last year. You'll recall. Yeah. The idea is you want your best player to get extra at bats, and with Lemayhew at the top, he does. And it seems like, as you guys said, I mean, every time he seems to come up late in the game, not only is he setting the table early, he's coming in with with clutch hits late in games. He always seems to come through. That is the guy, I I think, in all of baseball right now that I would be most comfortable seeing in a Game 7, two-out, bottom-of-the-ninth situation. That's the guy I wanted to play every time. We just saw it last year. Remember, just back in October, it was a 3-2 count with one out in the ninth inning. None of my business right there as he's drinking his coffee. Mm-hmm. My thing is, he just had that last year. Situation, ALCS, game six, Yankees face an elimination, 3-2 count, one out. What does he do? He delivers a home run right over George, Spring's, George Springer's glove. And that's what he does. He was clutch last year. He's been great this year. Shame on me for not picking him as an MVP because I had I wanted him, and I think he's going to be running in the MVP all year. I mean, he, he might, be, he might, he have, might he be back for 400. He might bat 400. It's not out of the question, Joe. Right now, he's batting 429. It's not out of the question. Him and Judge are the best players on the team right now. Yes, him, Gary. I mean, too, didn't he hit like 360 for a good chunk of the beginning of last season? He had a, uh, you know, he was killing it. 
So, yeah. I, I and remember the shocked. contract. Definitely one of the best signings of Cashman's tenure. I Two think. years, twenty million dollars. How no how other team picked up. But you didn't listen. Let's if if you ask any true Yankee fan, like if you had, said, if like you had this said. expectation of this two-year play by him mm-hmm. last year to do what he did to play all the positions and to be able to be clutch and step in for as and that's what Joe said. Listen, a lot of people can't just come to New York and play for the New York Yankees. You might be able to play for the Mets. Yeah. You just can't go play for the New York Yankees because the games for the Yankees have meaning at the end of the year. They don't have meaning for the other side of the town. The Mets, the Mets have other issues to deal with, like Yohan Assessor is walking but out. They're actually oh. playing. Here's, here's my thing. You know what How Mets is it that he didn't even call him? That's crazy. That is, I told they When he went missing, I was like, oh, that's not good. And then all of a sudden, he just went. And then he went MIA. He went to Vegas. He booked his trip. See you later. I'm done. My biggest thing, the Yan- reason why the Yankees were so great, too, I know it's the pitching back in the day. It's because they had a great leadoff in Derek Jeter. And that's what it starts with. The Yankees kind of struggled the past for a brief period because, well, let's be honest, Gardy was good, but he wasn't always consistent. He wasn't always reliable. I feel like I I'm, I have all that utmost confidence. I think he's better than DJ look, where he's batting yes, now. It's 7, I have 8, all or 9. the um, utmost confidence. I might DJ be LeMayu. making this up. I might be making this up, but I believe Brett Gardner is the all-time leadoff hitter for with pop-ups. In first at bats in games, in you can find that. No stat. way, you can find that stat. Where would you? Uh, wrong. Where did you find? Where did you find that? Right here. I feel like that guy pops up to start off games so often when he leads off. It's so frustrating. He pops up way too much for a guy who's like five foot three. It's like the movie you know, made me hit the ball on the ground and use your feet. It. Yes. Nope. Yes. Slap it, man. Dude, I saw oh. Freddie Freeman slap one inside out the other day on a shift and basically walk up to first base. I think he's too busy trying to be judge in the home run category. Well, they did have, they he did, did a, have 28 home runs last year. Let's not forget. Get, get, uh, he's got three now. He's, starting he's to been playing well. But DJ LeMahieu, I think he's the most valuable player on the Yankees. Probably not. It's, I don't think he's the best player. I think we all can say that judges, but DJ LeMahieu has been incredible since being a New York Yankee. I can't complain. The Yankees better sign him, plain and simple. Other guys that have been looking great so far, all these stories like we had last year, Gio Shella has been continuing his hot play at, at third. You got to keep, also, him, you gotta and, keep him in there. And Ted's boy, Mike Boutman. He's been great for the Yankees. He's been delivering. These are all guys that we had question marks coming in because, well, they had the amazing year last year. Are they going to continue it? They played great. They have continued to play great. And for a team that, well, I'm looking, you got one. You got two guys that are batting under 150 in Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez, Joe. And you do have some explaining to do because a week ago you were, well, it's August and this is Gary Sanchez's time. It's the cracking time. Well, Joe, the floor is yours. Start speaking because well, you, look, lost bet. You, you lost the bet. You lost the bet with me, Joe. He puts the defense. Yeah, he puts the defense. He's not putting he, he's he's not the offense. He's catching his so good. Yeah, Joe, his, you know what's funny? We talked about this, and I know you're going to go into what you and Trev had the bet about last week about. Which I won for every for everybody. But he does have three hits on the season, so. It's Joe, weird. half right. When he came into this league, he struggled defensively, and he's played – and he was hitting the, the hell out of the ball. Now he's going the opposite. His defense has been so much improved in the last three seasons, and his hitting has gotten worse. 
I know I'll, Joe. I'll let you rebuttal. Then I'll give you give you the stat yeah, he's line. Got, whoever's listening. But you know what's funny? If you saw the post there, that Garrett Cole though did come out and back Sanchez and said he's been doing a great job behind the disc. Yeah, he's been, he's been calling he's been, a great game. A great catcher. His I'm not framing, saying, his call, uh, his ability to call pitches in mm-hmm. the game. There's been a great flow. I think he's done a pretty good job in that case. I just think as Yankee fans, we're like. You can't win because you Joseph, want everything. Just ready. Just give, go, him, go, go, give him the floor. I'm so ready to say, look, if Gary Sanchez wasn't Gary Sanchez the last three years with the 35 homers and, and knocking in all sorts of runs, if he would have just been a 220 hitter with four home runs and he was a really good catcher, people would be thrilled with that. You would be thrilled that that's your guy. I've heard people suggest Kyle Higashioka should take over as the Yankees catcher. Right, settle, settle I've heard down. people say that. So, Joe, who are these people? people? So where do you see this? Is oh, this I, see it, I see it on Facebook. I see it on the Twitter. Twitter. I hear people say crazy stuff like that. Look, Gary Sanchez is never going to give you, it seeming, seemingly more than two things at once. He'll either be a good catcher and he'll hit home runs, and that's all you're going to get. There won't be anything else. He'll stop throwing runners out when that happens. Then he'll start, he'll hit like 350 for about two weeks. And you know what'll happen? He'll make five errors. It'll just happen. That's just the way the guy is. He's obviously off to a slow start. So is Glaber. I've talked about Acuna. You mentioned Yelich. There's so many guys. I'm not ready. Look, I'm not George Steinbrenner. So I'm not going to make a a decision in two weeks that he sucks and that it's time to move on. Are you sure about that? Because before the show, you're holding back. Are you sure no, about because, that? because, look, he cost me a sandwich, so I'm pissed. You, you, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I have a right to be. So, so, I put a lot of faith in this guy. But he is three for his last 16, so at least he is starting to show signs yeah, and he did get 0 for 15. And Joe, and he, he almost got, and he he almost, almost, barely. And he almost, almost got a batting 100. He's at 097. Goals. So that was part of the so, that was part of the bet too. He couldn't even get through all. He couldn't even give you a half of the bet. So I you figured know. he'd be at like 230 by today. I really did. I thought he'd go on a nice hot streak, bang yeah. out a couple of homers. But maybe, maybe, maybe last night was the start of it. So Joe, so <laughs> before the show, I was reading you this little summary. Um, it was in New York Post the other day by Ken Dadoff, and it spoke about the whole summary of Sanchez. And pretty much what it says is this year he swings at a less percentage of balls outside the strike zone, 32.4%, compared to last year, 33.4%. So he's got a little bit better eye. But here's the problem, and this is why his batting average is so low for anyone who's listening. Last year, though, the pitches that he did swing out of the strike zone, he made contact at a 52.7%. That's that's great. That's half the time. The problem is, though, this year he's down to 36%, which, you know, you, that, which is good. not good. No, not and good. that's why his strikeout percentage this year is almost at 51.9, call 52, whatever you want to call. It's That's the biggest thing. You The ball, he could swing at every single pitch out of strike zone. But if he can make contact, you know, you look at the old, if you're a Yankee fan, you know Yogi Berra could hit the ball off the ground, off the up in the air, any, wherever the ball was pitched. That's what they used to say. Yogi could hit the ball all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to laugh because I used to make fun of A-Rod. It was like if it wasn't off the tee, he couldn't hit the ball. It's like he couldn't adjust to a pitch that was low and away or up and away. It had to be mm-hmm. that pitch. And I think Sanchez, he's he's so worried right now, and I think – it's getting into his head because I know, listen, I'm not a professional hitter, but I know even as a kid, when you're struggling, when you, struggle and you play high school ball and you start struggling, it gets to you. Yeah. And every time you get up there, you start guessing and you start, and you try to overemphasize 
every yeah. every other at bat, every other pitch, and you just you miss out. And these are professional pitchers, and that's their what, job is to strike you out. Uh -huh. The problem is for us Yankee fans, we're looking at one of our best stars and one of the best hitters in baseball. Can be, and people are like, what do you mean the best hitters? He can be one of the best hitters in baseball. Yep. He has that ability too. We've seen it before. It's not like we we've seen this guy take over and carry the Yankees. I mean, like by you said, himself. he had 35 home runs last year for the Yanks. We've 35 seen, home runs. We know catcher, he can hit close to 300 if he really wanted to. If that's all he did and didn't have to worry about running a whole pitch. But Joe stack. said Joe said it best. He can only do one thing. He can only worry about right now he's been a great catcher. Hasn't been a great hitting catcher. That's the thing. I feel like once he hurt the groin last year, you'll notice he didn't run out a lot of balls. And there was never any discipline by the Yankees. Nobody in management suggested that Gary wasn't doing what he should have been doing. Remember mm -hmm. he had the uh, rehab game where he hit the uh, the liner to short and barely got out of the box. Yeah, they showed it on the news. They made fun. Oh, there goes Gary, lazy Gary again. I feel like Gary, and I and I hate to say this, but might be under almost a mandate from from the Yankee organization to uh, focus more on the catching. And I, I, this is me just speculating here, uh, because look, I mean, every time you see the guy, he's working his butt off behind the plate. Yeah, and, I and he's doing a help. much better job. He yeah, really I just has. I can't help but think that the Yankees are like, look, just go up there and hit some bombs, see what happens. We'll bat you seventh and and focus on the catching for now. The the battle come around because they don't seem concerned at all about Gary Sanchez. I mean, no. zero, no. zero. Yeah, you don't concern. hear much from their their coaching staff. Yeah, really you don't you don't you don't even hear Boone saying anything about like. That's hey, why I'm kind of speculating here, and it might seem a little absurd to say that, but I almost feel like they're like you'll ease. Well, because he's been be in the top like five of past balls the past two seasons, and last year he kind of improved in that. And it seems like he's been playing the first two weeks. He has been improving with maybe that. Maybe because maybe when they you have just, a catcher, maybe they want him to focus on. Yeah, maybe they want him to focus. But, but here's maybe the, they want him to mention. Not to mention, yeah, you guys thing, know he's, he's got people a new catcher. He's never a home run hitter. But people rather see a catcher sometimes. Just do like you know, like just catch. Like do that's yeah. what we want. Most you don't expect your catcher. Most teams in the league for your catcher to put up thirty home runs and bat two fifty. You don't. You expect them to be. Maybe 10, 12 Maybe they runs, run, like 230. A, like you know, a Girardi or a Posada. Who, they could hit the ball. You can't say Posada. Posada was one of the better hitting catchers. I know, but he wasn't a home run. I mean, I'm sure. not. Joe Girardi is the perfect example. You were right there. Just stop right there. Joe Girardi, eight home runs, bat 225, and and and, that, and maybe get yeah, a couple clutches. They didn't. Yeah, yes, he did. Okay, yes. Joe Girardi was not a good hitter. Posada was a good hit. I'm saying in Posada the was of, like 275, 23 to 25 home runs every year. Gary's been a, 80 Gary's been a 30 home run. Maybe he needs switch to pull, maybe he needs to, oh, Posada? Yeah. Posada was a switch maybe hitter. he needs to pull back on the third the 30 plus the job. 30 plus home runs. Like that's the thing. Maybe they are trying. Joe, maybe you are onto something. We don't know, yeah. but he might be onto something with it. My other observation, and I, I make this often about Gary, and it is just true. I mean, you you can see he's a guest hitter that Gary sits there and he sits on pitches. It's why sometimes he swings. And, uh, you know, again, Ted mentions the the, the miss rate's lower, uh, but he's a guess hitter. He sits on pitches, he gears up, and he takes his best swing. And if they throw a breaking ball and he's sitting fastball, it's going to look ugly. Just understand that. If he hits it, it's going to go a mile. So yeah. let me get into perfect. I mean, well, speaking of, I mean, as you see, ML, MLB stars, Gary Sanchez isn't the only star right now that's struggling. Some, of the, bigger some of the bigger names than him. I mean, the top two MVP candidates last year in the NL right now 
111 Christian Yelich. He finally just got over 100 last night. He hit inside the Parker homer. And Cody Be- – yeah, he hit inside the Parker. Wow. Did you see how it did it? Jimenez tried to go for the ball and then purposely ran into the ga- uh, the um, fence, the wiring. Literally landed in the fence. He felt like he could have stopped himself and he ran into it. Mm-hmm. Like he looked like he was joking around, just jumped into it. So Yelich finally gets over 100. Glaber's at 132, like I said. Bellinger, the MVP – Former MVP is 170. Last year's MVP. Yeah. Rendon, the new acquired angel, batting 133. Hoskins from the Philadelphia Phillies is 136. And then Sanchez is 097 right now. Joe, Joe just to, before we get into the NBA, why do you think that star players are just – they're struggling to hit right now? And just baseball players in general. It seems like the pitching has been really good and the hitting has been up and down depending on who you are. I mean, what do you think? How do you – I don't it know. seems from cool. what I've seen. I mean, look, there's been some outstanding starting pitching so yeah. far. Not a whole lot of it in New York when Cole's not pitching. But, I mean, if you look at, like, uh, Jack Flaherty, Shane Bieber, these guys have had some sick games mm-hmm. around the league. It does seem like the pitching has the early advantage over the hitting. And, again, I just think that's, too, you know, spring training 2.0. I, I think too many guys just aren't where they need to be you know, two weeks into the season. And again, the fact that it's August, I'm sure for a lot of people, uh, even though the the standings say 12 games in, you're still feeling like it's August. Why am I not hitting like it's August? Then you start to press a little bit. And then shows like this pop on and everyone wants to know why you're not hitting. Uh, and that just, I think, only adds to it. So I think, you, you know, you start to kind of tailspin. And I think that's where Gary is right now. Well, that and you also see guys, even in like a real normal baseball season, you see guys where they'll bat like 197 in the first half of the season. And then after the All-Star break, they come back and they light it up and they bat 330 and they end up finishing the season at like 275. So it does happen. You know, like you said, Joe, you don't get the spring training. You don't get the normal bats. You've been you're in flux, you know, and think about your mindset, your whole your process of going through a normal day is not Mm -hmm. the same as it is. You know, you're you're a creature of habit. You're used to doing certain things. You're used to waking up, you know, arriving at the ballpark at this time, just being able to go downstairs, take swings, do this. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe, you know, the maybe you have to have planned batting cage things. You know, the whole, there's a whole different process. And maybe that, you know, listen, we can only speak for being high school and college athletes. You're, you're a creature of habit. You know what I mean? You know, practice 805. You're on the field at 810. You have, you know what I mean? Certain things where now maybe things are different and it throws the guys out of rhythm. And that could all, you know, you know, people don't think about that, but the little things. Yeah. Baseball players, you know, very, I, I wear the same sock every day. I, you know, I, I have a something in my back pocket, whatever. <laughs> I wear the same underwear for five days because I'm hitting. Things, we're, guys have that. You know what I mean? I mean, I think about the movies, all the baseball movies have the same thing over and over. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it's just a surprise. Well, Durham, you, you know got, what I mean? You don't have, don't, don't a million a, percent, oh, yes. Don't have, what was I say? Yeah. don't have sex? I say don't have sex before the game. You know what I mean? Just things like that. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, you wear your hat. You don't wipe your hat off the dirt. I mean, all. I mean, you see it right now. It's there's been a lot of big stars, and you even said Rano Acuna Jr. as well is struggling. I mean, didn't even put his name in there, but there's a lot of big names that are struggling currently in baseball. The pitching has looked impressive in the first two weeks. It's just it's fascinating that the Yankees right now are 93 with struggling pitching staff other than Garrett Cole and two of their best players, and Aaron Hicks included, another guy that's an integral part of this team, have been struggling. So as a Yankee fan, I'm happy even with the struggles, certain struggles in certain areas. I'm happy with it. 
fun uh, little interesting thing to say. You know who's got the best winning percentage in baseball? Ted, don't say anything. Who's got the best? Don't look it up either. Take a guess of who has the current best winning percentage in baseball. Not right the now. most wins, best winning percentage. Don't say anything. Take a quick guess, and then we'll get into the NBA. This uh, is for you. Cleveland Indians. I'll give you one more chance. Don't say anything. You give them the NL team. Nope. San Diego Take Padres. It. it is the Miami Marlins at six and one right now. They have oh. the best winning percentage currently in the MLB, Joe. Not the Yankees, not the Cubs, not the Dodgers. It is the team that just was off for a brief little yeah. period because of COVID, and they have now, right now, currently the best yeah. winning percentage of baseball. Maybe Cubs, COVID. Cubs, maybe I guess COVID we do need is a, I guess we do need the a performance-enhancing virus. Maybe we do need the Marlins in baseball, I guess. Yeah, right? <laughs> but let's get over to the NBA. And the NBA has been great. The NBA has been hot. The players, I mean, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker. The bubble, is the working. bubble has been working consistently. The NHL has been working so far. Too bad the Rangers season comes to an end. It sucks. Oh. It sucks. It but awful. it wasn't good. It was a quick outing, and they were done. It was like Jay had pitching so far this year. Bam, bam. See you later. <laughs> My thing is, the NBA, LeBron, the Lakers, they got the one seed. They've been struggling, though. And LeBron has had to deal with teams in the past, Cleveland Cavaliers multiple times, that have led his teams to the NBA Finals. Well, I mean, look at him. That, lo- that face explains, explains it all. That's a man that's in his 17th season but still playing like he's 21 years old. And my question to both of you is – could this actually be the toughest trip for LeBron in his career? I know everybody will say, oh, the one in 2018, I believe, when they got to the Cat with the Cavaliers team that should have never even been there, and then the 2007 team that should have never even been there as well. I know that they're the one seed. They have Anthony Davis. But I'm watching a team right now, and I got to finally see it because due to my work schedule, I haven't really seen a lot of NBA, Joe. So I got to finally sit down last night, and I got to watch the Lakers. And LeBron didn't play. Anthony Davis was the guy. It looked like the New Orleans Pelicans with the Anthony Davis led by them in the past eight years. And that's what gets me concerned. Losing Avery Bagley, losing Rondo, who's eventually going to come back, has hurt. Their defense looks atrocious right Rondo's now. Rondo's going to be able to make a comeback and before the end of the season? That's what, uh, Vogel said that he looks like he could make it in time for the but playoffs. But here's my score. But, here, but he's a great defender, and he's got the presence. He's got the leadership. You need that. You need a you – this is a he's young – He's got a championship Look at this team that they have. Look pedigree. at the personalities that are on this team. Just a few. J.R. Smith, Kyle Kuzma, Dion Waiters, uh, JaVal McGee, Morris brother. Morris brother uh, Marcus Morris. I think it's Marcus Morris. Or no, Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris. Morris on the other one. I mean, they have guys that you know well around, but – they have that personality. Well, they trait. also picked them off the street, too. Half the I mean, guys haven't played with the team all year. Listen, the bubble is working perfectly. We know can, that. Is this but here's the big yes. Yes, um, yes, it is. And it's going to be anyone's toughest. It's going to be the Bucks' toughest. It's going to be the Clippers' no, toughest. But when we always, because here's the thing. There is no home field advantage. And, okay, correct me. There's going to be no home court advantage. You're not going to have the Laker crowd or up in Portland or up in Milwaukee. It's all – it's, yeah, no. It's normal field. There's no fans, okay? It gives everyone else a level playing field. It's not like, okay, Portland's got to go to the Lakers. It's a different game. Everyone's on the same playing field. This Laker team is not the same Laker team. Not having Avery Bradley is a big loss. Yeah. It's another score on the table and another the great leadership defender. present. The leadership. No, you, need well, that the leader? you don't need a leader. All you need is one leader. LeBron's the leader. Swear, I'm, and I'm not breaking your soul. No, you are. No, okay. you don't You're need. Ter- you don't need five leaders. Ted bashes everything I say, and I let Ted you don't just go need, ahead. Listen, Ted. if go I ahead. learned anything from watching all the shows, is you don't need 
you don't need a leader. You need, so I, we don't need no leadership on this show. There's no leadership on this show. That's Joe. the problem. There's no. That's the problem. There's no leadership. There is because it's a co-leadership. Look at me. I'm the, I'm the captain. Yeah, not I'm the house. captain. And this is my house. I'm the. No, this is our house. So let's get back to the point. The point is. LeBron James is a champion. He's, if not the best player in basketball no, history. He is the best basketball he, player. Other right than now. Michael Jordan, he's one. Of, he is the best leader that I've seen in basketball. He has taken, went to nine straight championships, and with every different team. Finals, he, not championships. It's the same thing. No, nope. three different teams: Cleveland, Miami, wherever he's gone, he's brought them to the top, no. to the number one seed, to the finals. He's going to do it again, probably, and it's going to be all based on him. It's not going to be anyone else. It's not going to be what the guy on the bench does. It's going to be can LeBron James carry the same? He did it with Cleveland. I know, but I think it's the going point. to be tougher because the Western Conference, the tough. West, it's every so team. Deep. If they have to play Portland in the first round, good, good luck. luck. They might not make out of the first round. Nurkic is back from that horrible and, injury. And, from and this man right here, Damian Lillard, best shooter in basketball right now. That's not playing in the bubble, and that means Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are out. So he's the best shooter. He's one of the best playmakers. He walks in the gym. He can shoot from anywhere on what the court. Where do you rank him among the most valuable players? I don't rank really valuable team. players like, because everyone's uh, different. Like LeBron, we know Giannis, but would you put Damian Lillard in the top five? No. Okay. No, but I. Okay. But I also look at Carmel. I thank, thank you, Joe. Thank you for the face. You take Damian Lillard off off the Blazers. Is he six are, then? Uh, what is he? Because if he's not on the Blazers, that team is garbage. That team is. I mean, they got CJ McCollum. They have nine pieces. Carmelo. Nurkic, you just said Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo like he's Anthony. playing 10 years ago. Car I know. He's been been Carmelo is trim, looks great. Plays he's been great. Mike he's averaging almost 18 points a game. He looks like a younger Carmelo, and they have a perimeter score. They have a great team set up. I know. I'm, I'm just trying to say that, like, you take them on a little bit off, that Blazers team, they are a – Take Giannis off. They, I'm, take Jokic off Denver. Hold on, Ted. And I just said okay, that Giannis and LeBron are more – I would say Damian Lillard is probably the – I would say the third most valuable player in the NBA. In not saying he's the best player. It's like the DJ and Judge thing. He's not the best player in the league. He's, he's not. But I would say I if you take mean. him so like off if you take of that, Tatum off the Celtics, they'll still be competitive. Yes. Jimmy Butler in Miami. If you still, still took Kawhi or Paul George off the Clippers, they would still so be competitive. a competitive what about Jokic? The Lakers. What about Jokic in Denver? I'm just I'm, um, I'm just showing these is very valuable. I'll take Damian. And I got one other person I'd probably put in front of him. James Harden? No, it's Chris Paul, who should okay. get some MVP consideration okay. because we looked at this Oklahoma City Thunder yep. team in the beginning of the season and said, there's no way this team oh, gonna is going to be even make the playoffs. So they're going to be a lottery pick. Not only are they not the eighth seed, not the seventh seed, they're the sixth seed. Mm -hmm. And they're competing. And they got a whole bunch of young stars. And they got like, and this is what I meant by saying you only need one leader. Chris Paul is that one leader on that team. Now, of course, you have the coach and and uh, Donovan. Brooks. Okay, yeah, Billy Donovan. You were thinking the old coach, Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks. But Billy Donovan. But you only need one true leader. And it's like, listen, get behind my back and follow. I'm not saying you can't have multiple leaders. Joe, but, how, how, but like you look at that Bulls team. Jordan was the leader. I'm not knocking Pippen. I'm not knocking Dennis Rodman. But Jordan was the leader. LeBron's always been – he was the leader of the Miami teams. It wasn't Wade. It was LeBron. So like, yeah, Kobe. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. Big, big difference between the Bulls teams and uh, this Lakers team is when LeBron's not in that lineup, they're, they're terrible. Yes, That's they, a terrible team, and you would never have said that about the Bulls. It's, you know not a, yeah, it's not a really good team. They do not play defense. It looks like, like I just said, it looks like Listen, in, in a world where everyone's banging threes, I mean, they're not a good three-point shooting team, and I think that's going to come back to hurt them. I mean, last night, the Rockets made 21 threes. Made. The Lakers took 19 threes. They can't shoot the three. That's one thing that they cannot do, and that's the problem because – 
what LeBron likes is he likes to drive Basically, and kick. Basically. And if they don't have guys that can – and that's another guy like Avery Brown who could shoot the three yep. is not there. What also I was going to say is the other L.A. team, the Clippers. I worry about them too. We we know we've been talking. Listen, when they're healthy, they're great, but they haven't found their mojo. They haven't. There is no rhythm with this team. I know they have Paul George. I know they have Kawhi Leonard. I know they have playmakers all over that team. They have Doc Rivers, who's probably the best coach in the bubble. But there is no flow, and you can't just expect in the playoffs you're just going to be able to turn it on because there is no chemistry. You've never built it, and you don't have that home field or home court advantage Mm -hmm. that gives you that extra boost and that momentum that you're not going to receive in the bubble. And what we've seen with all these the, the teams that are fighting for the eight seed, like look at the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. They have been they're undefeated they're in undefeated. the bubble. Blazers. They look great. They're young, they're athletic. They might make a move. The Blazers, no one wants to gonna want to play the Blazers. With so Carmelo, they just went to the Western Conference final. I know. I mean they were just in the Western like Conference Finals. If you year. think Damian Lewis is the third best or MVP of the league, this team could beat the Lakers, especially with CJ McConnell, especially to have Nurkic back who's who can yes, put, yes. could do double doubles every You're night. A if I'm and a Laker, Carmelo on the wing, I mean, you know he could put up 18 to 25 a, a game any night. If I'm a Laker fan, I'm, I'm excited I'm excited to be the one seed finally because they've been bad for quite some time. But if you're playing the Blazers in the first round, this is a team that was just in the Western Conference Finals. When healthy, this is a top four seed. And if we have to play them, and I say we because I am a Laker fan, if we have to play them in the first round, it, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. They'll probably go seven. It's going to – I mean, Joe, the problem is who is going to guard LeBron in that series, and that will be Do you the think this is seven. the toughest road for LeBron in his entire career? Now, I know that he's had a couple of times in Cleveland. I know it's tough. But realistically, just because who he's playing for. He's playing for the Lakers, and especially what's happened to the Laker family this year. Losing Kobe, it's a lot of pressure for LeBron. They, they, it feels like, like you said, we always bring it back like 9-11 with the Yankees. It just felt like this was going to be meant to be – for the Yankees to win. Well, the Yankees didn't win that year and was heartbreaking. Everybody kind of was like, let's want – we need the Yankees to win. It's only right. D- do you feel like that's for the Lakers? I mean, I know people hate the Lakers and hate LeBron, but with the whole Kobe thing happening, you feel like all that pressure is, is on LeBron to get to a championship and win a championship with this team and maybe it's yeah. tough. Oh, yeah, big time. You know, and I, and I do. I think he's got massive challenges, and I think the legacy of Kobe certainly, you know – I think if you're the NBA, your best case scenario is getting the Lakers in the championship. Against the Bucs. You think the Bucs? Yeah, because you want the two good players. You want the two MVP candidates, Giannis and LeBron. I'd like to see the Lakers-Celtics. I wouldn't wouldn't mind that. I think the NBA would take a Lakers-Celtics any any day of the week for its Oh, absolutely. I I mean, I I, I I don't think think the Bucs are – I'm sorry. Sorry, no, Joe. Cut I was just going to say, I don't know if it has the same amount of juice because it's in the bubble, but I, it's still Boston, L.A. I, I totally no respect it. it is, yeah. And I, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think, from Milwaukee standpoint too, to not to have them in the finals if they want to keep Giannis, yeah. in the future to show that he they, they can win there. with him. Because if they have an early exit, what does that say for Giannis's future going forward? Because we because we've seen superstars, especially in the NBA, say, listen. I, I love it here. I'm, I, it's not that I don't love it here. It's like living at home. Mom, I love the home cooking. I love, I love the free meals. <laughs> Rent is cheap and everything. But, but I, I got to go but I gotta myself. Go, I got to go find a place where I can win and where I can succeed. And I got to better myself. And that means moving out of your house. That means John's going, listen, I know Milwaukee's great. I got pieces. But I feel like if I go to Miami or, or somewhere else, I got a better chance to win with Jimmy Butler. You know, I mean, not that he's going to go there, but I'm just saying that's how – 
a lot of the players I feel I'm trying to relate it. Maybe that's how they look at it. Like, hey, listen, I put in eight, ten years. My career is maybe only lasts another five or six years. I want to win a championship. Listen, I made my money. I want to win a championship. Right? I mean, doesn't that's why you play the game? Yeah, it's, for me, it's I mean, always about I mean, I'd love to make money too, of course. But if you said, can I be an NBA super – Hey, Ted, you can make a million dollars or you can have a Super Bowl ring for the Giants. I'd probably take the Super Bowl ring for the Giants. Oh, I'm taking a Super Bowl ring. I'll, now, I'll, I'll still want to make, like, close to like, what I make now. I want that I championship, want the man. life I have now with the Giants Super Bowl ring. Hey, you think Dan Marino wants all those records and all those contracts and working at CBS and all the big-time money that he's had? Well, or, what he, or he wants that one Super Bowl ring. How about, yeah, Jim, Ke- how about, how think, about Jim Kelly? I don't think starring at Ace Ventura quite made up for no Super Bowl. <laughs> That's none of your Go damn ahead. business, Joe. <laughs> That's none of your damn business. Say, say out of my personal fear. Weird guy, Ace. You're a weird guy. Um, that's what I'm trying to say, though. You got to win a championship. It's for you have to you have to try to do it for better yourself. And like you said with Giannis, they got to get to a finals because the time is running out. If they want to keep Giannis, they got to win. Either way, I and think the NBA it. has done a very successful job. I mean, they did a tr- It's awesome. I'm the, glad the I crowd noise, the, the, uh, the little fans. Wayne, the virtual fans. I, I've, I've had, had Shaq. They've had little Wayne. I've seen little Wayne it? in them. I've seen a bunch of different, like, we need to get involved. Maybe the keys to city, like virtual. Oh, game. This is, we got to get like one of the cardboards for baseball and try to get keys to the city on that. Oh, I think it's what, like 80 bucks a Yankee, but Yankee stadium, Yankees, Yankees don't do it. Yankees aren't doing it. Cause that's up below the Yankees. It's like the beer thing, Joe. The Phillies had it all the way down the side. Joe, down it's the like side. Joe, me and you. I mean, I don't know, man. You, had, guys, you guys would be in trouble for the Yankees. You guys would be playing for Boston. We'll be grown. No, 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 no. You would have to shave too. I'm always what choice. Kid. What choice would I have? Oh, I'm shaving. I'll shave my head. If I have to, if before I go to Boston and play for the Red Sox or the Mets. I know Joe, that's his dream. Get to go. You could be the catcher. You could be. Come on, Jacob Degrom. I think Degrom and Cole are going to go undefeated. <laughs> you like that one? I hope Cole. I hope Degrom grows a, a beard and long hair, like really, really no, long. No, he's hair. never going. That's what I'd like to see. Nope. That way, when he's a free agent, the Yankees are like, "Well, we can if you don't shave." <laughs> Stupid. All in all, the NBA has been great. It's been working. The bubble has been working. Baseball looks like it's still rolling. We will be talking about the NFL because the NFL still is up in certainty because more and more players. So Tredavis White is actually going to be playing now. Okay. As he officially he came out yesterday, he was going to be getting opt out. He got a lot of backlash for him. But we'll, we could talk about that next week because the NFL is coming up. It is August 7th. We are a couple weeks away from a, po- a month away, actually, from a possible season. We still don't know if we're going to have an NFL season. We'll talk all about that. But sports is back. It's been working. It's great. We're happy. I know Joe's happy. The Yankees are playing well. We'll see how they do this weekend. New shirts. If you want these new shirts, message us. Drive Fit and Cotton as well. Black, blue, or white. Let us know. Everybody stay safe as well. I hope everybody got power back that's watching us too because I know people have lost power. We luckily did not. But ladies and gentlemen, Joe, as well, thank you again. You're the man. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming live on all media platforms at Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, Keys to the City, we are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.